It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live on the free Odyssey app as well, and of course streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Back to our top story, and I'm willing to take a call or two. Uh, of course, you can ring us up, 301-230-0980 on the Ace Law listener line. If you're in a wreck, Ace Law helps you get a check. You call 8888-ACE-LAW, and they help you out, get that check. All is good. Um, but I, I wanted to dive into a comment that was made on Grant and Danny yesterday by a guy who's going to join us tomorrow, um, Jim Van Stone. Ironically, Jim was supposed to join us yesterday. And the way it works out, I'll just be straightforward. Like our phones crapped out for a second and it was the exact window when we were supposed to talk to Jim. Um, and I'm kind of like, I'm not happy about that, but, uh, but I am glad that our interviews got spaced out between uh, Grant and Danny and I, and, and I got to give credit to those guys. They did a great job yesterday with this interview and the stuff that they've been doing. And uh, Grant's been very nice in sending me text messages about some of the stuff that we've been doing. Um, so the, the good news is all of it is available on demand on the free Odyssey app because you can't listen to both of us at once. But um, Jim, Jim Van Stone, who's the COO of Monumental Sports, and again, we'll be able to talk to him tomorrow and I can because I've now heard their interview, can follow up on some of the very specific things that he said, talked about how Capital One Arena is not being left behind in his view, in Monumental's view. They're going to obviously take the Caps and Wizards and move them to Virginia in a new state-of-the-art arena, and then they're going to reshape Capital One Arena to make it a better place for the Mystics to play. They anticipate Georgetown basketball staying, and there's a lot of concerts and events that they currently cannot do because the commitments they have to the Capitals and Wizards that they believe they can fill those 82 nights a year, maybe and then some, with concerts they have to turn down. They, Jim talked about the convention center being right up the street and how he thinks that they can combo on events that are happening at the convention center and like these big speeches that happen where you need a room for 10,000 people and a convention that's attached to it um, where all the events are happening. And now you can host that in con conjunction Capital One Arena and the convention center, separated by a few blocks on foot and, of course, just one metro stop. But because of something he said in his answer, I would actually wonder and we'll ask Jim Van Stone tomorrow if both teams have to move in the first place first his answer on kind of the future of Capital One Arena you know one of the things that we have with being one of the busiest buildings in the country is we have a lot of dates that we don't have flexibility the other piece is the concert business and the family show business is doing really really well and we want to open up more opportunities to bring that to the greater Washington region and you know I'll be honest with you we miss out on shows that you know we would love to get based on the availability of the facility in the arena. So if we've got another venue here, you know, that affords a lot more opportunities from that standpoint. So, you know, Grant, we think the money uh, to make it work, you know, based on, on your comments is there. And I, I think a lot of it could be just rethinking and repurposing, you know, what we're doing today. And, you know, to have two major buildings in this marketplace that this market deserves, you know, I, I think it's, it's really a can't-miss opportunity in terms of every single event that's coming out there. So, you know, we believe there, there's a huge opportunity. I mean, we've had, you know, events where we'd love to host NCAA championships here, but we just didn't have the flexibility to do it. 
And, and one of the things that I, I think personally could be really great is, as you know, the convention center in D.C. is only blocks away from here. Why can't this be an auxiliary location for us to partner, you know, really more broadly with the convention center to bring some of those major conferences in here that would love to have a building and flexibility of 10,000 plus. But, you know, we just can't do it because, you know, we've got other tenants in the building at that point in time. So, you know, we do think there is a market to make this work. And, you know, I, I think we're going to really put our, you know, focus on, on that balance as long with, you know, building out the vision of the new campus that we have in Virginia. So if that's the case, if the case is this city is big enough for two buildings, which it should be, right? I mean, New York has at least two, um, plus like monster theater, uh, a monster theater scene and uh, outdoor venues, same with LA. LA now has two buildings, um, you know, with, with the Clippers new building opening, shortly but they've had the forum that they still use for concerts and stuff it's not what it was in the 80s obviously um but staples or whatever the hell it's called crypto.com arena um now you know chicago's got got one main one but they've got a ton of things and not that dc doesn't dc has lincoln theater and howard theater and obviously the kennedy center's a, a monster uh both in in uh prestige but also in size it, it can fill a ton of people um, and so you've got these concert venues and things all over, all over town and all over the region. Um, you know, Jiffy Lube Live out in Virginia. Um, you know, there's there's similar things in Maryland, etc. Point is, if the if if the calculation for monumental is this city's big enough for two buildings, then why can't we treat the Caps and the Wizards as two separate teams? Because the only reason you move both is because they're owned by the same guy and you want them both in the same building. But realistically, as we've talked about, the Wizards who play a sport that is more popular in the urban area, that culturally belongs in the city, that fan base-wise is more tied to the city and more tied to Maryland. It's a long history from Baltimore to Landover on down. I realize the Capitals also played in Landover for a time. Um, But... All of those things, all of the reasons why people in D.C. and Maryland are specifically upset about the Wizards today. Why can't you just refurbish Capital One Arena since you're going to anyway and have the Wizards stay at Capital One for games? That doesn't mean the thing that, that they want in terms of a practice facility can't be in the suburbs. And I think this is an important distinction because a practice facility should be maximized for the players. It has nothing to do with the fans, right? You don't revitalize a, a, an area, a neighborhood around a practice facility because nobody goes to practice. You're not going to lunch and then going to practice as a regular fan of the team. You go to dinner and the game or lunch in the game if it's an afternoon tilt on a weekend. Or maybe you go to the game and dinner after. But if Capital One's going to stay as a basketball arena, and unless you're going to downsize it so much or unflex it, because it sounds like they're going to make it flexible where it can be 10000 for the Mystics or it can be 20000 for an NCAA championship, because you can't, you can't make it a 10,000-seat arena permanently and expect the NCAA to bring anything other than nothing to you, just straight up. Like You're not getting even a first-round game. Um, or a conference tournament at 10,000 seats. 
at 20, now you're a real arena like the rest of, of the country and, and you're fine. So if you're going to have to keep a 20,000 seat basketball arena anyway, why not take 41 nights a year off the calendar of the Capitals and move them to Virginia, build your campus, build Monumental Sports Network, build Monumental Sports Entertainment's global headquarters, build your esports, build all the things that you want that would be better with more space. And that's a part of this that I'm fully willing to admit and admitted yesterday um, and have admitted all day today. Like, there's parts of this that are undeniably better for the, the purposes. But the purpose of the games is to win them and for people to show up to watch them. And the people that are going to more show up for Wizards games are, are better suited to go to Capital One Arena than they are this new Potomac Yard site. And so why not just keep the Wizards here? And then... It allow, he, he, there's there's so much benefit to this, and I'm sure uh, Jim Van Stone can talk to me about why it doesn't make sense tomorrow, and he knows the numbers far better than I do because that's his job. Um, but it would allow the Caps and the Wizards to play at home on the same night, something that currently can't happen. So there's more flexibility within the NBA and the NHL scheduling. And obviously, they know how to handle that. Um, I mean, shoot, at the Staples Center right now, before the Clippers move into their new building next year, you have the Clippers, the Lakers, two NBA teams, and the Kings, an NHL team, all playing at once. So, like, these these things can be worked around, but it's easier, and if you want to be flexible with events coming in uh, and having alternate plays to play or concerts or whatever, like, it's less crowded at the new place, so you could have, like, you could double dip more often, is basically what I'm saying is instead of the Capitals here or the Capitals there and the Wizards here as I sit in D.C. doing the show, um, you could have them playing on the same night. You could have one of them plus a concert, which I guess could happen at the old place, but you're never going to have the idea of them playing on the same night and the flexibility that brings as the main tenants of the building. And so I think for logistical reasons it could work. I think for cultural reasons it could work. I think your commitment to downtown, if you're serious about wanting to be a part of the solution of revitalizing downtown D.C., I think that helps your case there. And I don't know how much of a a monetary loss it is. And you get to get the practice facility and and all that stuff that you want at Potomac Yards. And the, the idea of practicing and playing at different places is something, one, that you're doing already with ESA and and Capital One Arena, and is common for basically every team in every sport. Every most teams now have a separate practice facility. Uh, you know, look at Ashburn and FedEx Field. Um, some teams in the NFL have started to kind of do the combo thing. There are a couple of teams around the NBA uh, and the NHL that practice at their their main arena, but mostly, especially in those two sports, your practice facility and your game facility are different. So that's not a problem at all. And I just think if the announcement yesterday morning had been, we are moving the Washington Capitals to Virginia. It's a better fit for our fan base who is more Virginia-based. We want to have something to anchor this new gigantic entertainment district that we're going to create. And we think the Capitals can do that on top of a world-class concert venue, a world-class entertainment venue, all the stuff. And maybe the Wizards play there on occasion. Like, I don't, I don't figure out the logistics, the details later. 
but the Wizards belong in D.C. because they are hashtag for the district. They belong within the boundary stones. Then I think the vitriol that came out of yesterday's announcement from two of the three corners of the DMV would have been almost entirely mitigated. One more PS on this, just real quick. Um, Not really, I mean, of course it's related, but not fully related to uh, what I was just saying. The idea that we talk about all of Northern Virginia together is also something that is very silly. As someone who used to live in Reston, and that, that 267 corridor, I would much rather go to D.C. from there than I would to Alexandria. Getting to Alexandria is a disaster from other parts of Northern Virginia. Is it more convenient if you live on 95 South? Yes, because you get off the highway sooner that you would then turn into 395 and take into D.C. Sure. So there is, I'm not saying that there aren't parts of Northern Virginia that will be better served by this location. Obviously, if you're in Alexandria and you don't have to leave, that's amazing. But if you live in Tyson's, Reston, Herndon, Ashburn, Sterling, um, I would say probably the same for most of the the I-66 corridor as well. Nevertheless, folks in Maryland, like this is this is actually worse to get to than in the district. Because whether you drove to like an East Falls church and hopped on the metro or you drove all the way into the city and used one of the many parking garages around, like you didn't have to deal with Route 1. You didn't have to deal with the Beltway. You didn't have to deal potentially with the Woodrow Wilson Bridge. Like you didn't have to deal with all that stuff. And I do think it's kind of hilarious that like we just lump Northern Virginia together. As someone who has lived in Northern Virginia, um, I now live in D.C., but lived there for the better part of seven years, like I always thought of there's kind of two Northern Virginias, which I know is like probably stunning to some people, but it really always to me felt like two different Northern Virginias that there was the the I-66 and and 267 corridors. And then there was the 395 corridor that once you had to cross the beltway and get through that mess and kind of cross over Tyson's corner, you were, you were talking about a different part of the region. Um, in a way that we just kind of lumped together for most of this conversation. Some of you will probably tweet me and tell me that I'm wrong. It's fine. Some of you don't even care at all because you live in Maryland and this all sucks uh, to now think about getting to Alexandria. Um, but that is what it is. Just a floating thought that I've had uh, in the back of my head that floated to the front as we wrap up the show. Uh, we fully wrap up the show. Real things, real people said into real microphones next.